welcome back to Girl Meets Show, the relationships podcast for people in a relationship with TV. I'm Jordan. I'm Taylor. This week we will be discussing discussing what? <laughs> um, we'll be talking about Euphoria season two, and we're very excited because we've never talked about Euphoria on this podcast before, as it was something I watched in my free time. And then Jordan watched later in her free time, and we now got to watch it live with the world for season two. So there's lots to be said. Maybe a little too much. So much. We'll have to hold ourselves back. Yeah. Did you? I saw something today that said it's HBO's most watched show ever, second only to Game of Thrones. Yes, I saw that too. It's crazy. That was actually going to be my news to lead us into our discussion, but it's fine. Um, (laughs) I'm just so shocked that it's Euphoria, not Succession. But I I have a very skewed perception of Succession. Well, I think it's Euphoria brings in that those young kids too. Yeah, unfortunately, even (laughs) though it shouldn't, (laughs) it is. Yeah, but it's crazy. Jen, um, is it Gen Z? The younger generation mm-hmm. than us after us yeah yeah they're more in they're more euphoria heads than succession heads which mm-hmm. sad for them it is yeah i mean i'm not smart enough to watch succession because i don't know enough about business but watching succession is you should get like an honorary degree in business <laughs> after, after when you watch I, Succession. i have my <laughs> mba in succession from hbo academy <laughs> My dad will be so proud of me all the money he spent trying to get me to take the GMAT. If only the GMAT had questions on succession, I would have aced it. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Um, yeah, well, and I was going to say, like, Euphoria is, like, so memeable, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, like, succession is also very memeable. So maybe that's how we can get Gen Z into succession. It's true. It's true. Well, speaking of succession, that's one of my items of news. They are going to begin filming at the end of June. Oh, my gosh. I just love (gasps) seeing news about the succession train still going. Hallelujah. That's so much faster than last time. Remember, like, after season two, the season three filming announcement? It was, like, it just felt so far away. Yeah. COVID really ruined everything, which I have. Maybe I'll just say this now. But people are saying that um, Euphoria isn't going to come back until 2024. And I've searched the internet for where this information came from, and I cannot find it anywhere. I think people are just assuming because that's how long it took for season two to come out. Mm -hmm. But I don't think people are taking into consideration COVID and how, like, literally all production was halted for, like, almost a full year. Yeah. So I just don't see that happening again. They need to chill about that. I mean, not to be ageist, but I feel like that is part (laughs) of the dangers when the audience is so young. I feel like sometimes they're a little uh, rumor. They believe a lot of those rumors. Well, they're just getting their information from TikTok. Mm -hmm. And for TikTok, you got to be the first to do it. And so you get this information and then it just spreads like wildfire. wildfire. It's just so true. Well, I'm very happy about that news. And my 
one piece of news, which it feels like we intentionally didn't save a lot of news this week, but after our overwhelming newscast last week, but it's not true. I, there's just, it was a little bit of a lighter week. And last, last week was a 60 minutes. This week is uh, an episode of the daily. Yeah. <laughs> when it comes that to that part news. at the end. Yeah. Um, that's exactly what it's like. My news is that we finally know when all seasons of Degrassi are going to be on HBO max and it's March 25th. Um, very excited about that because as I believe we've said before that means no commercials. So we love it. You could, I mean, they're like 20 minutes long and you just have the time of your life watching Canadian high school drama. Um, also saw that um, someone posted like the call sheet for the audition um, announcement that you can go audition for Degrassi and it is all going to be um like they still want people from canada um and that was kind of all i wanted <laughs> i just wanted to stay canadian <laughs> hard hitting news you heard it here first it is going to be canadian still <laughs> so happy um i just can't imagine a world where degrassi's not canadian and they don't say a boot <laughs> they better not americanize Degrassi. Another thing from that is that they are looking for actors between 13 and 20, which is great because that was something special about Degrassi is that the kids were actually within the right age range that they're playing. Yeah. So. Did you see this on Dumois out of curiosity? I actually didn't. I get all my Dumois news from you (laughs) because I never, I always miss it. But no, someone like posted their source of like the actual casting sheets so it's real i checked i just feel like i only see casting sheets on dumois so that's funny i would like to hear if anyone did get cast through dumois like i legitimately would love to know me too me too all right well that's it for news on to our top three which is very fun a very important plot point in euphoria season two is a high school play that one of the characters creates that's kind of based on her life, which also involves the lives of a lot of people at the school and kind of airing out all of their secrets and drama from her perspective. And so we thought it would be fun to say our top three TV characters that we would love to see a high school play from. Jordan, who's your number three? My number three is uh Richard Splett from Veep. <laughs> um I I was thinking about like cuz kind of the point in Euphoria is that it's like kind of a side character who has been like mm-hmm. kind of an observer of all the drama. And so I was kind of thinking of like side characters that I think I would love to see everything from their perspective. Um, and Richard Splett has really been involved in a lot of drama on the national <laughs> political uh, level. And also his take is so different from every other character on Veep, which is why he's like so lovable is that he's like really positive and nice. And it would be really funny to see it from his perspective. 
That's an amazing answer. And it's funny because like so many people who work in DC always like will write tell all books after working there. But like no, Richard Splett makes a play. <laughs> I didn't Which even is think about kind it. Of amazing. I did not <laughs> think about it from that angle. That is hilarious. And it, it's something he totally would do. Yes. Oh my god. And gosh. just like not even to be like malicious, just like he needed something to do after he what didn't have a job anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, it'd be kind of like in in Euphoria, the character is kind of naive, thinking that a lot of people wouldn't be furious at some of the takes that she makes and and has mm-hmm. in the play. And I feel like Richard would kind of be like that too. He'd be like, just like, oh, I didn't go out to hurt anyone's feelings <laughs> or like yeah, reveal or like, any oh, national secrets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I didn't know that was classified. Yeah, <sighs> it's on Broadway. <laughs> I love it. Um, my number three is, I feel like I recently used her, but she's just so perfect and I hilarious that it's kind of a no brainer, but Kelly from Insecure, I just yes. think her perspective, I mean, it was one of my complaints from the season is that I didn't get to see enough of her. So I would love to see a play from her perspective and I just think it would be hilarious. Couldn't agree more. I mean... There, there's a reason why we use her and bring her up so much for top threes because yes, she is just such a standout in that show. She's so funny and her way of thinking is truly unique. So it's a genius answer. Thank you. Um, my number two, <laughs> I guess these two, it's just like, who are some of my all time favorite side characters? perhaps underappreciated i said morgan from mindy project yes of course (laughs) of course i actually haven't used morgan for a long time yeah it's been a while um but yeah we uh historically stan ike baronholtz it's funny because both of them are both in the after party on um apple tv plus so oh true very excited we're trying to watch for the next episode so Mm -hmm. there's your little preview yeah peek um but yeah basically it kind of comes down to like the kelly thing it's a character i would love more from because he's so entertaining and Mm -hmm. also so different differently minded than a lot of the other characters on the show which i think would make for a very entertaining play and retelling of how he sees events happening so Mm -hmm. totally yeah i'm sure the things that he sees are very different than (laughs) like things that people in the office probably aren't even aware of happening yes um okay my number two is peggy olsen from mad men i think that hers would be less funny but i do think that it would be really interesting and like maybe the like men of the office could get a better perspective of like what it's like to be a woman in the working place Mm -hmm. seeing it played out like that and so I just think it would be very interesting and cool I would love to see that play me too I mean I think they should still do it now I'm always saying this but I think that work and corporate dynamics are so fascinating mm -hmm. that I love any media that deals with it yeah I mean that's like there's so many shows that it's like you're either following a family or coworkers, because mm-hmm. there's just so many stories you can tell. 
Yeah. My number one, it's actually funny because we were just talking about Succession so much, <laughs> but I said Jess from Succession. Okay. Wow. I also, my number one is someone from Succession too, but different. <gasps> Who? You go first. Well, my answer is Connor Roy. I mean, he is, it's like the Richard Splett thing. He would make yeah. a play. He would literally, uh-huh. I, especially with Willa. Yeah. I wow. I was like, team up with Willa and then they just make a play about their family. And that's actually how Connor gets rich. Genius. And Willa would be so mad because it's his play, not anything that like she, mm-hmm. like, like one Willa's of her original so ideas. Bad. Yes. Mm-hmm. And made no money in yes. his play. <laughs> makes a ton of money while also still being bad because people would just want to see it totally yes but justice so- would be great because it would be so many secrets mm-hmm. that's kind of what I, I was thinking too it would be almost like that tell-all situation we were just talking about with veep but hers especially because she's like she's just so um she has to have be so diplomatic and kind mm-hmm. of be silenced like we don't actually see her point of view ever on the show but she's always there so mm-hmm. that's a great play that I would also love to see I would like to see both of these plays go head to head and just you know see who wins the Tony <laughs> I mean and clearly we'll take any succession content <laughs> whether it's from plays or even photos from the SAG awards mm-hmm. we'll take it all great I'd see them all. I'd pay good, hard-earned money for all of those. I would, too. They would be amazing. Euphoria. We figured because we haven't ever discussed Euphoria on the pod, we'd you do like a little brief overview of if we like it, who we recommend it to, if you haven't watched it yet. The first season for me was harder to watch than season two. I, I would only recommend this to people who aren't uh, super affected by, like, really, really dark things. Especially season one. Season two as well. But, like, it really is very heavy stuff. Like, kids should not be watching it. And um, I think I've mentioned this before. But, like, when I was first watching it, I had to, like, take a day in between each episode. Because it was, like, very heavy for me. And I... I'll only watch really dark things so that's saying something how about you I would agree with that I think um I think when you now that second season's done I do think that the two seasons are really different from each other I think season it is true that season two um wasn't such a kind of like secondhand traumatizing watch as season one but it's also funny because I do think season one, the quality is higher the, in in a lot of ways. Interesting. I think that like it, it kind of felt, um, I just felt like the plots felt like they were like maybe going somewhere more. Mm-hmm. And um, I kind of like, I liked where it left us off and things like that. But it is interesting how it did almost lighten up which is a weird thing to say because it's clearly very dark <laughs> still in season two. But I don't know if we were just like ready for it more than watching season one. Um, since we've already seen these super dark subjects with like um, high school characters 
I mean, in season one, there's lots of sexual assault. And in season two, there isn't any. So I think that's like a big, big thing of why season one felt heavier than season two, just for that alone. Because there was like multiple instances of that in season one. Yeah. Um. So would you say you liked season one better? Yeah, I did. I think it's like I have I have pretty complicated feelings about the show in general, but I do think that season one was better than season two. Um, it's been so long since I watched the first season that I actually kind of have a hard time answering that. I think I I enjoyed watching season two a lot more than season one because season one was just like a little too hard for me to watch. I still thought it was good. And I agree with you. I think the storylines were tighter in season one. But I do I think visually I enjoyed season two. Season one is still beautiful, but I just like really, really, really liked the artistic direction of season two so much that I, I'm i the first to admit that I can be blinded by really good <laughs> art direction. And I will admit it here, but it's true. And I just really loved the visuals of season two so much. I think that's a I think that's a totally good and fair point. I think season one had more substance to it. Mm-hmm. Um. And it still obviously had, like you're saying, like it was still gorgeous. It still had the art direction because that's what it like became known for. But mm-hmm. I do, there were, I think, maybe more experimental visual moments in season two, which mm-hmm. you can't discount that. Like that really, they did a lot of really cool visual stuff. And I think it's like, I think in some ways for me, it frustrates me because I think it was kind of at the expense of some story or um we got fewer characters because they were focusing more on these like moments Mm -hmm. um and i think they're really playing to that audience that is like like kind of the like online people because we want to repost and we want to see the beautiful images from the episode and stuff like that Mm -hmm. But it just kind of, and we've kind of talked about this before. You kind of just have to change your expectations. And I think that was kind of where season two's kind of lost me because it was hard for me to shift into like, just we're watching this for fun. We're not, I mean, fun in quotes. Cause it's like, (laughs) it's, if you think this is legitimately fun, that's kind of tough, but, um, but like, you're kind of watching it for like it as a piece of art, visual art more so than just, like the characters in the plot which like maybe sounds a little condescending but I do think that that was strong those things were stronger in season one but I do think you're right that it amped up the visuals for season two so it's kind of like Mm -hmm. a compromise you know yeah there was like a lot of people who were kind of like posing the question of like is euphoria good or is it just like cool and pretty to look at Mm -hmm. and I I do think that It's just so visually interesting and like also not just the cinematography, but like the costuming and the sets Mm -hmm. and the lighting. Um, I do think that in and of itself, like it is like very artistic and beautiful. And that to me alone is makes it worth watching that like the plot holes bothered me a little bit less because I was I would say I'm more so watching it for that than like. A bunch of like TikTok theories and like putting stuff together and being like, well, what about this? But what about this? Mm-hmm. But I will say plot holes still bothered me. But I'm, but that's kind of where I, where I'm at. Yeah. No. And I honestly think that you're watching it the right way for like full, there's no right or wrong. For full way. enjoyment, I think that that is a more effective way to watch it 
Because I don't, it's like there are, I, um, especially watching it week to week, which I did not do before. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, when you have to, when you have a whole week to then just like kind of dissect a single episode and like think about, read all the theories yeah, and like think about where they're going to go next or whatever. Um, it does make you, it makes me more critical maybe of what's going on or like I roll my eyes at certain things that happened or whatever. But I still think like I was talking to my friend today about like, Oh, do you think I should watch it? It's like, I wouldn't necessarily say I I, like can recommend this 100%. I think it's better than other things on TV or anything, but I definitely think it's one of the most interesting things on TV right now. Yeah. I think there's so much to talk about in it. And, um, analyze and can be taken in a lot of different ways like even you and me when we discuss it we'll be like oh I took it like this and you'll be like no I think here's how I understood it and we don't really know who's right or wrong and so Mm -hmm. that right there like it's just it's so dissectable and it's pretty fun to do that even when I don't think it's a perfect show or anything um and so it's like it's not like I'm hate watching this show which I don't really do that anymore anyway like why would I waste my time hate watching a show (laughs) but like um yeah like I it's just I really do have very complex feelings about it but I would never say it's bad it's very I just I you have to admire it for how interesting it is there's very other few shows that are this um discussable and everyone's talking about it for a reason well on that note I think we should get into spoilers because I want to hear what didn't work for you in season two? Okay. Um, <laughs> I figure we'll we'll end on a highlight. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's funny too because I have the finale so fresh in my head. Um, yeah. Thinking about the things like the episodes where I was kind of like left kind of unsatisfied, and it's kind of hard to, it's actually kind of hard to pick out specific moments because the things that I'm remembering at the end of the season earlier in the season are all the things that I liked, but I think something, um, I was, there were a lot of, there's so many good characters that I wish had gotten more screen time. Um, cat number one cat is a really justice for cat. Yeah. Cat's like such a fascinating character. Um, we rarely get any plus size representation and she's been totally backburnered and it's really sad to see. And I would, I would include Jules in that kind of surprisingly backburnered category. Um, because mm-hmm. by the end of the season, it was kind of like, I want to see more from Jules. I don't know what she's even thinking right now. Yeah. I just think that I can't, I tried to keep telling myself, like, this show has always been about Rue. Like, Rue's the number one character, which is why I didn't think that she was, like, dead in the one of the earlier episodes. Um, but they did spend so much time developing so many different characters that, like, that uh, argument only goes so far. So, like, when we're seeing so much of, like, Maddie, like, nannying, <laughs> like, we should be seeing more about Kat. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and Jewel's entire arc this in season two was only about Rue. And then like that one scene with Nate and that was it. Mm-hmm. So, and just re- retweet. Yes. Thank you. Elliot also was, Jules really only was dealing with these other people in kind of these like weird triangles. 
And we did never really get to see a look inside of like what she's actually thinking and feeling. Mm-hmm. Even if none of her plots had really changed, but we actually got to like kind of know more what she was actually feeling about the scenarios. I, it would have been. In a- yeah. I think the only time we really got to see was when she turned ruin, which mm-hmm. was so good. Yeah, it was really so it was That was a highlight for me, but yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think a lot of any other critiques I would have is something that you have expressed like very, very well is that a lot of these like teen girl characters would have, would just be better written if a woman were running this show (laughs) and not like a 38 year old man. (laughs) Yeah. Like he is literally the only writer for most episodes and like the benefits of saying like, Sam directed wrote and produced every single episode or whatever it just like I don't think it's worth it because like this show could be even better if they had at least one female writer to help him with the female perspective Mm -hmm. like one of my biggest notes from the season by biggest I mean one of like six notes I took all (laughs) season I said, LOL, imagine being comfortable enough with your body in high school to go skinny dipping with your boyfriend and friends. Like, body image is just, like, not... I. Another thing with this show is that I have to watch it under under the pretense that this is not reality. It helps me mm-hmm. come to terms with a lot of things. But I do think that body image is something that they should explore. And it's just, like, wild to me that, like... Cat is the only person who ever mentions having body image issues and like that's just not true at all especially for high schoolers so especially when they're obviously a huge theme of euphoria is how sexualized they all are mm-hmm. and there's just no way that if if like sex is so forefront of their lives that they don't have any body image issues maybe that's like yeah too soapboxy but and like presumptuous but there's just no way and it is like it's not a fair conversation to say that like oh the one plus size character she's gonna be the only one to ever discuss body image issues it's like no she everyone every human being is complicated and has these kinds of insecurities it's not only the fat people (laughs) sorry nope and also there's more to her than just body insecurity and Mm -hmm. it's yeah that was a disappointment the biggest plot hole for me was uh them bringing in the really scary and terrifying Lori character um and especially because that episode where rue has to go to Lori for help when she's in withdrawal and um like that was just like that episode was such a big honestly probably the best episode of the season in my opinion agree and um then for none of that to ever come back is just like extremely upsetting and I know the whole internet is in uproar about it but it's just like doesn't make sense to me at all especially when the play the play was good but it didn't need to be two full episodes worth good and i would have way rather gotten a little bit of 
closure on Lori and Rue and Rue owing Lori ten thousand dollars than see any of the play in the last episode yes especially because some of the the last things we heard Lori say were like um if you don't give me my money back I'm gonna sell you like she's literally a human trafficker and Rue is just walking around hunky-dory smiling to herself like going to plays I guess Mm -hmm. my thing was, well, now that I'm thinking about this more too, I was wondering if maybe are they going like, cause there is like a rivalry between Fez and Lori, right? Somehow, I guess just because they're both drug dealers. Like, of course there's going to be a rivalry there. So I was like, are they going to make it? So there's some connection between, um, Faye, the girl who's been living at Fez's house. And that boyfriend and Lori or something. And like Rue's caught in the middle. But I think that they never, they didn't establish anything like that. I feel like that could have been a good out for them if they, like Lori got her revenge from that guy who kept talking about Mouse's murder. That I mean, I feel like that whole thing was also very, every time they were talking about Mouse, I just had no idea what they were talking about. Same. I I agree. Yeah, I totally agree about the play, even though I think that's really nice of you to say that the play was good. <laughs> I think the play was I fine. I thought it was really fun. I thought that the play was I fine. But I think that when they when they um, had the gym scene, I was I was applauding like the students in the school. Um, mm-hmm. I just couldn't I just kept thinking about and I know there's so many memes about that's the thing. It's like, am I even saying anything unique or have I just seen all just a bunch of euphoria memes on Twitter? But yeah. thinking about like the other students in the school watching this play about like I don't know really know these people. Like, why do I care about you and your sister? <laughs> um it just really cracked me up imagining like it it just it goes back like this happening in real life because it goes back to what you're saying about like you have to suspend reality. I think when the first season dropped, it was so controversial in part because people were like, is this what high school is really like for kids these days? Like, this is horrible. But I'm like, I actually don't think that the point of the show is to be like, look, adults, this is what teens are doing all the time. I'm like, I think this is Not intentionally dramatic. Yeah, I'm sure there are some teens that experience stuff like this. I don't think it's an entire high school full, but also what do I know, I guess. Well, and just think about the season one finale and how, like, it was wacko and, like, very not based in reality. And so I don't mean to transition, but the finale this for this season two, I was kind of expecting it to be, like, a little wacko, like the first season. Mm-hmm. And then I was just like wait, this is honestly the most uh, normal episode of the season and it just felt a little bit out of place because it was too normal, honestly. Yeah, I felt like I was watching a different show because it felt like the, the it didn't feel like the lines that the characters were saying fit into a normal Euphoria episode. It felt more like, it just felt cheesier and a little off to me as well. And I did feel mm-hmm. like, I mean, if you're going to end the previous episode on like to be continued and be like, Oh, get ready. And it, it feels weird to say that. Cause there are very 
out there moments that happen that I should have been feeling more emotions about, I think. But I don't know if I was just feeling a little numb or something, but like it didn't really hit me that hard, especially when you have like, I guess I would kind of, I can get into some of my highlights. I would, would be like specific episodes. Like for example, the one you said where Rue is, um, when Jules and Elliot come and like, like kind of have that, try to have an intervention with her mom and then Rue escapes and is running Mm -hmm. around. That episode was amazing. Best of the season. I also loved the first episode of the season when they're at the new year's Eve party. Mm -hmm. Um, that episode was so good, such a good entry back into these characters. Yeah, it was kind of it was it was um anticlimactic, I think, this finale episode. Yeah, I agree. A lot of it just didn't add up to me. Um I felt like some of the filming was off and made it seem more cheesy than it should have been. And I think the closing um voiceover from Rue was really odd and I'm really confused what we're supposed to get from that I think that too much time was wasted a on the song that like literally everybody is complaining about Mm -hmm. no one likes that (laughs) no no one which is sad it was a good song but it was just like we know it's the finale and we know we only have time like we have only a certain amount of time here so let's get cracking i think just one thing about the song it was also weird and correct me if i'm wrong but didn't they like it was literally on screen just him playing the song and rue listening it wasn't like they were playing the song over other scenes of other characters because like that could have been something we could have seen what the other characters were at least doing at that time but i think it was just showing him playing a guitar right yeah, that's what it was. I oh. think we were supposed to just be paying attention to the lyrics. Well, I zoned out. I took it as an invitation to go look at my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, I saw another Instagram today where I was like, hey, yeah. Or it wasn't Instagram, it was a TikTok. But it was the fact that we wasted so much time. Wasted seems like a strong word, but we did see the scenes from uh, Rue's dad's funeral so many times like rue giving that that eulogy at the end like we saw that scene for so long and so frequently that we could have done without that and closed up some of the plot holes Mm -hmm. yeah it seems like it seems like what we got was an episode that maybe some like editors or something should have watched it and been like okay i think we can like shorten up this edit this down a little bit or something yeah felt like a rough draft almost um, but the things that I liked, I really loved, I actually really loved the small scene that Kat had <laughs> where she was breaking up with, uh, Ethan and she tells him that she has a brain disorder cause she like, can't think of anything else as to like why she wants to break up with him. I severely related with that because I was like, breaking up with people is so hard. And then you just, so you just like come up with anything you can. Except I did see things that were like, Kat, if you have a brain disorder, like, why are you still, like, here and, like, talking with Maddie? Shouldn't you be in the hospital? Um. Anyway, I really liked that. And then I also really liked the end of the season with Lexi and Rue. Um, I was very emotional during that. And I am glad to see them coming back together. 
because I l- really love them. And I think that Maddie and Cassie stuff, especially in the middle, was really good. The hot tub stuff and the scene where Rue lets the cat out of the bag. Those scenes were just so good and the height of the show for mm-hmm. me. I mean, the bath. Oh, also the bathtub scene. The bathtub. Yeah, well, and I was going to say the bathroom. So it's like both. Like all True. those things were some of the most iconic parts of the season for sure. Mm-hmm. I feel like we were very back and forth on this. Mm-hmm. How would you rate it out of 10? Season two. Um, I would rate it a six and a half or seven. <gasps> Whoa. Okay. I think I would rate it an eight and a half. So there that I feel like that is helpful for people to know where we yeah, stand. Yeah, I just I just was feeling kind of frustrated throughout the season. But you have to give it credit for I actually described it this way today. I really think that there are moments of like genius work in this show. So I could never say I dislike this show and I'm gonna keep watching this show for sure. But there's just some things that were frustrating. Do you think Zendaya will get another Emmy? Yeah, I don't see how she can't. I think so, I don't too. see how that, she can't get it after that episode. Oh, my gosh. That episode, yeah. I was, it's just handed over. Yeah. I mean, to quote back the that same conversation I was having earlier, uh, my friend was saying, like, that she has only really seen Zendaya in, like, the blockbuster movies that she's in. And so mm-hmm. if you, like, really want to see her do work and like act circles around every other human on earth that's her in euphoria like yeah it's like she's not like this in anything else and she crushes it and she really is so good and you might literally think she's going to die like in real life you might think that she's in danger because that's how good she is like it really seems like i'm watching her is like she is rue and that reminds me a point that I wanted to bring up is just the the makeup team on this show deserves an award too because like seeing Rue's transformation I'm not mm. even talking about the amazing makeup of like Cassie and Maddie and Kat mm-hmm. I'm talking about like Rue's transformation like she can look so so bad and it's crazy because it's like Zendaya yes. so like how do you make Zendaya look bad <laughs> and then like seeing her at the very end she just looked so pretty and like clean and mm-hmm. I thought that was done really well yeah that is a great point because it is true there euphoria is always in the in the conversation about makeup because of like the unique fun styles that the girls mm-hmm. are doing but yeah Zendaya is always like looking like she really just did like a bender yeah and this will be my plug in if you didn't watch any of the after the episode discussions, specifically that one episode of Rue running away from the cops, they have the hair and makeup people talking about how they were able to like transform her hair into like looking like that. And it's really fascinating. And in the first episode, they talk about how they like had to ask Kodak for special permission for this special film that they wanted to film the season on. And they like re they like opened up like a whole other like uh, manufacturing plant that they had closed because they stopped making that film and they started making it again just for euphoria. And so there's like a lot of really interesting, fun, cool facts that if you didn't watch them, I think are worthwhile to go back and watch or 
watch him now as you are watching season two if you haven't already. <laughs> no, that's a really good point. I think when you're saying that about the Kodak stuff, I think that sounds familiar. I think I watched that first episode one. Or at least I watched some kind of featurette where they talk about how it's like we have did it on film. And then like when they do those scenes where it's like those characters are spotlit while everything is black around them. Yes. Like it is. It's so cool. It's so cool. It's so cool. Yeah. And just like no one else is doing that on TV. Mm-hmm. So six and a half from Jordan. <laughs> eight and a half from me. There you have it. Yeah. Who is your crush of the week? Um. I I have to go with the surprise star of the play, and that is Austin Abrams, a.k.e. Ethan, a.k.a. <laughs> the stage version of Lexi and Cassie's mom, a.k.a. the stage version of Nate. That was... I, I loved that that character got that moment because he basically kind of had to be, like, the fuddy-duddy nice boyfriend that Kat was over mm-hmm. the whole season. Um... Which is sad, which was kind of sad to me because I love that actor is so good and cute and I really love him in season one. (laughs) So for him to get this shining moment in the the last two episodes of the season, he was so funny and I just love that guy. Great answer. I agree. I hope to see more of him in Euphoria because like it is so funny. Like my perspective of him is really only from like really like cheesy rom-com stuff and so like seeing him in this is just very entertaining and fun Mm -hmm. he's great um my crush is fez he really shined this season Mm -hmm. and i honestly have no complaints about him at all i was really happy we got to see more of him i didn't mention this earlier but yeah i think along with the rest of the world fez and lexi's relationship was a highlight yeah Although I'm like, Lexi, after you've been talking to Fez for this long, you still don't really know who he is, a.k.a. like a drug dealer. Like, like when she's like, well, why don't you have Twitter and Instagram? <laughs> I'm like, um, <laughs> do you know who you're talking oh to? Oh, my gosh. That is so that is such a good point. I think it, it that's one of the mo- maybe only realistic things in this show of like how a real high schooler would be because you kind of are like you're just kind of blinded by your crush that you ignore yeah, common sense, true. I guess, or something mm-hmm. like, I don't know. Um, also, that reminds me of one of my other favorite moments in the season, even though it involves one of my most hated characters, Cal Jacobs. But when he is, goes over <laughs> to like, he tries to go rough up Fez. <laughs> and instead, and the line when Fez is like, you're confused, I'm confused, bro. That was <laughs> so funny. That's one of those things I'm talking about where like, that was so hilarious. And it was like, commentary almost on the high dramatics of the show within the show like it was just very very funny and I Mm kind of forgot about that moment until you were talking about how great Fez is and I'm still loving the TikToks that have come from that soundbite I'm also still loving the TikToks of is this play about us (laughs) I think those are all really great too (sighs) yeah Fez I'm interested to see him in other stuff I think it will be funny because it kind of seems like he's playing himself Mm -hmm. totally i would like to see if he has another voice or something (laughs) yeah but i just love him for who he is too yeah it's true all right well there you have it euphoria season two and a little bit of season one and that's it thanks for listening bye bye